On this week's episode, we're going to take another stab at our beginner series. And we're going to talk about creating recipes using homebrewing software. Homebrewing software is something that when you're making your first recipes, you're going to probably use. And so we're going to talk about the different types of software out there and help you decide which one's the right one for you. We're going to cover all that today on Homebrewing DIY. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Building recipes and taking good notes are two of the key fundamentals of making great beer. This is one of the first things that you learn when becoming a new brewer. I started taking notes on a sheet from my extract kit and then quickly moved to brewing software. I've tried many different types of brewing software and then I found Brewfather. This is the one piece of software that you need for recipes and very detailed brew day notes as well as fermentation notes. Brewfather also integrates with some of the topics that we discuss on this show like the till hydrometer, the ice spindle, and ferment track. You need no other piece of software than Brewfather. One of the best parts of Brewfather is that you can try it for free. All you need to do is head to our website, homebrewingdiy.beer, and click on the Brewfather banner to sign up for free today. Once again, that's homebrewingdiy.beer, and sign up for Brewfather today. Keeping a clean brewery is the key to making great beer that doesn't get contaminated. Do you use a glass or plastic carboy for your fermentation? Did you know that getting your carboy clean can be tough, especially removing the cruising ring? Even with traditional carboy cleaning tools, it can take a lot of time and not get your carboy completely clean. Well, today there's a new tool that can easily clean your carboy and do it fast, and that tool is called a scrubber ducky. Scrubber duckies are a new magnetic carboy cleaner that are easy to use and get the cleaning results required in brewing. Drop a magnetic scrubber into your carboy and be able to scrub away all of the grime in that hard to clean cruisin. They are no match for scrubber duckies and you can get yours today at scrubberduckies.com. Once again, head over to scrubberduckies.com. Welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts, this podcast covers it all. 
On today's show, we're going to do part of our beginner series where we're going to talk about different types of homebrewing software. There are many different types out there, all for the same goal of building recipes and keeping good notes. And so we're going to dive into a few different brands and types of software so that you can make a decision for yourself which one is the right one for you. But first, I'd like to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. There you can give it any amount. And if you give just at the $3 a month level, you'll have access to our ad-free RSS feed where you also will get a monthly bonus episode. So if you love the show and you want to get more, become a patron today. That's a great way to get more content. Head over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. We also have another great news service called Coffee, and that's ko-fi.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. And there you can give one-time support. So think of it this way. You have Patreon, which is an ongoing support, and Coffee, if you don't want like the commitment yet still want to give monetarily to the show, Coffee is always a great option. And I'd like to thank Dominic or Captain Future for giving it Coffee. He actually bought me five beers so pretty excited that would uh to be honest that's a, a great day at the pub virtually so thank you dominic for your support yet again dominic is also a patron so uh, i just gotta thank you a ton for your support and ongoing support another way to support the show is by heading over to our website homebrewingdiy.beer and using our sponsor links. We have great sponsors such as Adventures in Homebrewing. We also were sponsored by Brewfather, the brewing software, which we will talk about in today's show. And we also have great sponsors like if you want to buy a brew bag from brewinabag.com. These are all great places that if you shop there, you're not going to change any of your prices, yet you're going to support the show because they'll know that we sent you. Another great way to support the show is to head over to Apple Podcasts or podchaser.com. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts right now, pick up your phone, scroll to the bottom, give us a star rating or a review. That's going to help others find the show. Also, if you head to podchaser.com and you just go to podchaser forward slash homebrewing DIY, you're going to be able to write us a review even on specific episodes. So if there's an episode out there that you love, write a review, make a list, share it with your friends. It's a great way for others to find the show. Some really cool stuff going on in my brewing world. I brewed a really cool batch of beer with uh, Ryan Packmeyer. He's been a guest on the show. He came over to my house and we actually brewed a Pilsner. We're going for a lager style beer, but using Kvike. And so we, we got a couple of Kvike strains and are trying to do a seven day Pilsner. And crazily enough we are doing this beer at 75 degrees and temperature controlled at 75 degrees and then i just ramped it up to 85 degrees and we're going to find out how clean it is the thing was a monster the the kvike yeast is so crazy we pitched yeast at 6 p.m and it was already down 20 points in gravity in less than 12 hours kind of crazy stuff so excited to try that beer we'll be kegging it on sunday and uh we'll i'll I'll let you know how that beer turned out i also brewed another beer that's specifically for the show we're going to be doing a show on gluten-free brewing later in the month and i'm excited to have the show but uh the person that i'm having as a guest for the show actually sent me a kit and a kit of gluten-free beer so 
kind of different. I made a batch of beer today that was actually made out of extract, which I haven't brewed an extract batch in a while. Even then, it the base malt extract was made out of sorghum. So we're going to see how that beer turns out. We're going to do a tasting. We're going to talk about gluten-free beer all as part of this show. So if you know somebody who's gluten-free and want to talk about different ways and methods to do so, this is going to be a great show for you. Other than that, let's jump right into this week's show where we're going to talk about homebrewing software. This is show number three in my beginner series. And I'm really excited about this show because we're going to talk about homebrewing software. The reason I'm a little bit passionate about homebrewing software is that I've really, in my brewing life, kind of tried them all. I really, I, I sell software for a living and have for a really long time. I'm fascinated by software interfaces and how people take different approaches at solving the same types of problems. And I've used a lot of different brewing softwares as part of that exploration, let's say. And so I think that brewing software is a great conversation to have to a beginning home brewer because if you've made a few extract batches now and you've learned about some of your ingredients, we did talk about yeast last week. We talked about what it will take to create a full brand new extract batch. We've kind of gone through that process now you're going to want to build a brewing recipe, right? That is kind of the next step. If you're going to go all grain or if you, let's just say you want to make an extract beer out of something that might be a partial mash or a full extract batch that is of your own making, you can write it down on paper and do that. But chances are you're going to find some piece of homebrewing software to help you along because the homebrewing software is going to tell you some things. So first of all, let's let's talk about what homebrewing software does for you. First of all, homebrewing software is going to make writing a recipe very easy because it already kind of has the components pre-built into it. So for example, it's going to have a list of all your fermentables So your fermentables are going to be things like your base malts and your flavoring malts and your adjuncts and things like that that are going to add fermentability to your beer. The next category that you're going to see in your basic brewing software of any sort is going to be your hops. And it's going to have a wide variety and selection of hops that you can choose from. And it's going to have a lot of different information in there. So you're going to be able to tell it how long you're going to add it to your boil, or if you're going to do it at a hop stand, you're going to be able to input the IBU information, and you're going to be able to select from either a pre-selected list of hops or even add your own. So Good brewing software is going to allow you to add your own ingredients. The next part you're going to have is going to ask you what type of yeast you're putting into it. Yeast is something that every beer is going to have since you're going to have to ferment it somehow. And so it's going to have a list of all of the commercially available yeasts or the ability to add the commercially available yeast in all of their statistics so that you can understand what to expect from the beer. The other thing your homebrewing software is going to have is it's going to have a list of different adjuncts and other ingredients that you're going to be able to add to it. And any modern homebrewing software and a lot of the ones that we're going to talk about are also going to be able to 
adjust your water for you. And so we've definitely talked about this in past episodes. Like for example, one of my most popular episodes is the no nonsense adjusting your water episode. And I highly recommend that when you come to that place, please go back and listen to that episode has a really great way of approaching water adjustments. But for this episode, just note that it's there in the brewing software. And if you want to play with those water calculations, you're going to be able to do so. The other thing that all homebrewing software out there that is of any decent homebrewing software is going to have is going to have some sort of equipment profile. You're going to be able to take your system and how you brew and put those in put that information into the software so that you can have a predictable outcome for each beer. So for example, let's say I brew in a bag, which most of my batches are brew in a bag batch these days. I have an equipment profile that is geared around my kegel. It has how much water is going to boil off in a certain amount of time. For example, if I put a 30-minute boil, it knows exactly how much water is going to boil off in that amount of time. Whether it's going to be sparged or if it's going to be a batch sparge or if you're going to do it as a full volume, all of those can be added into your equipment profiles so that you are able to create whatever type of experience you're going to have and have predictable results from your brewing software. The brewing equipment part does take some time to get a little bit dialed. You might miss your numbers here and there in your first few brews. But as you tweak that software, it is going to come up and start to really hone in onto what your system's doing. And it will be highly predictable. Software does a very good job. The other thing is that any reputable home brewing software out there is going to have a list of different beer styles that are going to have all of the targets that are in there. So for example, a lot of them have the BJCP style guidelines in them or different style guidelines in them that would allow you to be able to have targets for things like gravity, color, bitterness, all of those types of things are going to be able to be factored into when you're adding your ingredients so that you can know if your beer is going to be to a specific style. So, those are probably the main components within a piece of brewing software, though each one is going to have a bit of a different approach to those types of components. And also, when it comes to those components, it's going to have sometimes different calculations. So, for example, let's say you're using a piece of brewing software that is standard and made in Europe, chances are that out of the box, it's going to come with metric system and you might have to go and adjust it to the Imperial system or vice versa. You, let's say you have an American made piece of software. You might have to switch it from Imperial to metric. So, you know, whatever units of measurement you're going to use, you're going to want to have those into your brewing software. So let's, let's talk about a few different types of brewing software and maybe the different approaches that these brewing softwares take to actually creating a recipe. So I would say the tried and true, the old guy on the block, not, not that it's a bad thing. This piece of software does an amazing job and 
to this day, if somebody comes up to me and says that they're using this software, I'm not going to say that they have a bad piece of software because they don't. I've had every version of Beersmith out there that you, since version one, version two, and I even own a copy of version three, and I have it installed on all of my computers. So let, let's talk about Beersmith and some of the things that it can do. First of all, Beersmith kind of does everything. You can do your equipment profiles in it. You can do your ingredients in there. You can also get add-ons of new ingredients. So for example, uh, Brad Smith, who also has a podcast, the Beer Smith Podcast, and is very active in the homebrewing community. He is constantly updating the software, so it has great support. And he's also constantly upgrading the software with the newest ingredients. So it's, it, it is a very up-to-date piece of software. It's also going to be able to do some of the uh, all of the list of things that I've already previously listed in what a piece of software should do. It's going to have all of your ingredients into it. It's going to allow you to do water profiles. It's going to have equipment profiles into it. It's also going to have the ability to track your brew day. So for example, you can create a recipe in Beersmith and track all of your numbers throughout the brewing process from pre planning to brewing day and actually giving you the breakdown of what your brewing day should look like based on your equipment profile and timers. And then it's also going to allow you to have a log all the way to tasting notes at the end. And that is something that Beersmith does very well. It's also going to have, it also has a very good recipe repository. So for example, they have the, the, Beersmith Cloud product, which even if you buy the standard Beersmith product, you're going to have access to a certain amount of cloud storage, which is great. It's going to allow you to switch your recipes between your iPhone app, if you have it, and your desktop app. It's also going to allow you to share recipes with your friends. So for example, let's say I want to share a recipe with you on Beersmith. I can just upload it to my cloud folder and send you a link to it, and you're able to get that from the internet. Um, I can also export any of my recipes to a beer XML file. Let's talk a bit about the beer XML style. Uh, I don't want to get super into it, but it's basically an open format for beer recipes that allows you to go from one recipe software to another and be able to share that recipe. So for example, let's say I used a different brewing software. I know that if I send you the beer XML, it's going to load right into your brewing software, no matter what brand you have. So uh, it's, it's, it's a great format it's very open and beer xml is definitely something that's pretty cool all right back to beersmith though so it has all of these great features now let's talk about some of the drawbacks of beersmith beersmith is a very very long time piece of software and the interface is very dated if you're used to much more modern designs when it comes to software in general, you're going to find Beersmith very antiquated and kind of clunky. Think about it this way. The user interface when it comes to the way that it puts things together is very Windows 3.1-ish, where you have a tree on the left-hand side, and in that tree you have folders, and in that folder you have files. It's kind of the old style of building software from an engineering and a front-end design perspective. That being said, Beersmith does work and it works well. 
Sometimes, though, finding what you need is a little tough. And so you might have to do a little Google Foo and look in the help docs to kind of figure things out. It doesn't have as easy of a user interface out of the box as you're used to, especially if you are a younger homebrewer used to much more modern design. Uh, Beersmith's going to look pretty dated to you. And that's not a problem. It's still great software. The other thing that's, that's Beersmith kind of lacks in is, yes, it does have cloud capabilities, but essentially that's just a ro- repository for your recipes. You still have to have desktop software. He does allow you to license it pretty liberally. So, for example, if I buy a license of Beersmith, I have two or three computers. I believe he has a limitation of two. You are able to install it on multiple machines within your house. Uh, For example, I have a Mac and I have a Linux machine and both of them have Beersmith on it. The The other cool part of it is, is that he does write for all of the three major platforms. So there is Beersmith for Mac. There is Beersmith for PC. There's also Beersmith for Linux. So if you're into a Linux build or heck, you could probably install Beersmith on a Raspberry Pi at this point. It does work. The other piece is that it does have an iPhone app and a dedicated iPhone app and Android app. And so example would be you can create and make recipes in those apps sync them to your cloud folder and then just load it right up in your Beersmith desktop software. I will say though, when I'm building recipes, building my recipes on the desktop is a much better experience on Beersmith than the, the mobile app. But in the end it works and it works well. And in the end, other than the usability and the antiquated look, Beersmith is a very, very powerful piece of software. And I get to be honest, I can't recommend it enough. The other kind of software that's out there are going to be some open source ones. So for example, there's one out there called BrewTarget. And I only mentioned BrewTarget, and I have used it a couple of times to make some recipes in it, it is that it is a, a completely free version of homebrewing software. So if you are looking for something that is 100% free, in every way, and we're talking not freeware free, as in 100% free, BrewTarget is going to work on any system you're on. So for example, it's going to work on Windows. It's going to work on Linux 32 and 64-bit. It's also going to work on a Mac. So for example, if you're using any modern Mac software, it's going to work there as well. And if you're really up for it, you can even install it from source code and build your own package and run it on your own server if you want but in the end it does work and it's going to work pretty well brew target is open source software so that does come with the kind of open source word of wisdom with that which is basically if you are running a open source piece of software you're only going to get community support it is a piece of software built and run by the community it is going to be 100 percent free and you're going to be able to get updates as those community writes those updates right so you're not going to get updates all that often but it is going to get updated it's it's there's nothing wrong with that that i am a big fan of open source software and uh i have to say i feel that brew target if you're looking for a 100 percent open source piece of software this is the road to go it's going to do all of the same things you're asking for, right? So uh, BrewTarget is going to be able to 
create your recipes. It's going to be able to give you all of the different calculators for things like alcohol. It's going to have a priming tool in it. It has a pitch rate calculator in it. It has a refractometer conversion tool. It's also going to have all of your timers. Everything that you're going to expect from modern brewing software is there. It's also going to be able to add new ingredients and all of the same things you're going to get from a piece of software like Beersmith. Some of the same things are also negatives when it comes to BrewTarget. It's going to have a very clunky interface. It's not going to be very modern looking and is intuitive. And it's also going to be not, it's not going to have any cloud functionality. So for example, you're not going to be able to host your recipes in a cloud unless you own your own cloud or are managing that yourself. So it is still going to be able to export to things like beer XML. So you're able to share them that way, but think of it as it's a locally based piece of software on a computer you're going to install and it's going to work. So I want to give a shout out to brew target. If you're looking for a hundred percent free version, that is the one for you. The next type of homebrewing software out there is going to be your cloud-based softwares. And cloud-based software, there's two big players in the cloud-based software, and, and there's many different ones out there. But I would say your two biggest brands when it comes to homebrewing software are going to be Brewer's Friend and Brewfather. And both of these two pieces of software are also very, very powerful. They're going to be able to do all of the same things that you're going to get from the previous ones. You're going to have calculators in them. You're going to have the ability to maintain a database of ingredients. And it's going to have all your different manufacturers in it. It's going to have the list of all your hops and yeasts in it. It's also going to be able to show all of your conversions. It's going to work for both metric and imperial units you're going to be able to go through your entire brew day so for example from pre-planning to your brew day to actually keeping notes on your fermentation and at the end being able to do tasting notes and maybe even take a picture of your beer or upload the label of your beer and attach it to your recipe these cloud services also have the ability to create a library of all of the other users and have them be able to share all their recipes. So very similar to what you get with a product such as Beersmith when it comes to the Beersmith cloud. But the difference between these softwares is that you don't really install any software on your computer. If you're going to use Brewer's Friend or you're going to use Brewfather, you're going to actually go to their website. It's all hosted 100% in the cloud. They do have local apps when it comes to mobile devices like Android or iPhone. And when you use those local apps, you're essentially still syncing 100% to the cloud as you add in your information. So just like your Facebook app, your Brewfather app is going to work the same way. The big thing that I think that both Brewfather and Brewer's Friend really stand out on is they have much more modern interfaces. Both of these softwares do. And they tend to also, because they're in the cloud, be able to take some hardware interfaces that you kind of can't do with your standard homebrewing softwares. So for example, Beersmith doesn't as far as I personally know, and it may actually have this feature, but as far as I know, it doesn't have the ability to sync with certain cloud 
sync devices such as like the Play-Doh airlock, the eye spindle, or the tilt hydrometer. Uh, I know that, for example, if you look at products such as Brewfather and Brewer's Friend, they have these abilities to take specifically they they take urls that they are they send a url to these devices and they can actually take the logged data and push it up to your recipes so for example i personally use brewfather i don't personally use brewer's friend this this day and age i have used brewer's friend in the past but basically when i use my current setup i have a tilt hydrometer and i take all of my tilt data and i upload it to that cloud and so when i pull my recipe up in brewfather i can actually see what my temperature is of my brew and my current gravity and it puts it in a beautiful chart that's updated every 15 minutes it's pretty cool and definitely a step above what you're going to get with your locally hosted type of brewing software the other piece that you're going to get from these types of brewing softwares is obviously the ability that they're everywhere but the user faces user interfaces are going to be a lot more friendly they're going to be more geared to what you're used to when it comes to looking at a web page and they're going to have a much more modern design. They just are intuitive and they're easy to use. So if you're in my recommendation is, is that if you're just starting out, both of these softwares have free versions, the free ver- they're, they're meant to be freemium versions. So they do have limitations on what you can and can't do. Like for example, I know that Brewfather won't allow you to do things like export to XML. Uh, it also will do things like limit the amount of recipes you can have going concurrently in their software. I think you're limited to 10, but the idea is that if you're fine with just using the free version and you don't need more than that. So as you maybe add a new one, you delete one, kind of a situation it's going to work fine for you and you can do so at no cost if you purchase these softwares they're also pretty inexpensive and i would say all of these softwares are pretty inexpensive if you look at at beersmith i believe the cost is anywhere from 20 to 30 dollars a year if you get it on sale or not it is now using a subscription model and it used to be you bought the software outright and you owned it for multiple years, but I think that they've now moved to a subscription model, which is just kind of the standard for all software at this time at this time, if you're doing Beersmith three. And also Brewfather is twenty dollars a year or a dollar ninety nine a month. So either tw- if you pay monthly it's twenty four bucks, you get a four dollar discount if you pay for the entire year. And then you also have Brewer's Friend, which I believe is also in that $20 to $25 range as well. So all of the homebrewing softwares that you're going to look for, and if you are looking to pay, are all going to generally be the same amount. I will say as a disclaimer, obviously, Brewfather is a sponsor of this show. And if I were to say I recommend one, it would be Brewfather, but not because they're a sponsor. Essentially, it is because it is the homebrewing software that I currently use. Uh, You can always go to our website and use the link and obviously be able to then, uh, you know, support the show. But you I'm also going to say this. Any homebrewing software in the list that I've just gone through is going to work. So, for example, if you're going to use Brewer's Friend because you might like the interface a little bit better, it's going to do a damn good job. If you're going to use Beersmith, you're going to have a very, very powerful piece of software that's going to have tons of updates. If you use BrewTarget, it's going to have all that you need to make great beer. So, in conclusion, I would like to say that 
Homebrewing software is a key fundamental piece to creating softwares. And picking the right software for you is really trying out a couple and figuring out which one is the right interface for you and which one feels good to you. And once you get there, get one, stick with it, and put all your recipes into it. Now, let's talk about the kind of processes that you're going to go through when using these different types of homebrewing software and what you're trying to do. So when you are creating your first recipe into your homebrewing software, let's say you decided to pick one. What you're going to do is your first thing you're going to do is create the name of your recipe. Pick a style of beer. I Let's say you're going to make a recipe for a American pale L, right? That's a very simple one that a lot of people do right out as a, as a beginning homebrewer. The, the, the fundamentals of what's inside of that recipe are going to be this. You're going to need some sort of base malt. A pale ale generally is going to have American two-row as the base malt. And you're going to figure out what type of gravity level you want to shoot for. So an American pale ale, if we look at the style guidelines, is going to be anywhere between 45 and 6%. And I am going off the style guideline in my head, so please I don't have it up in front of me as I'm recording this. I probably should, but I don't. And so therefore, if I'm off a little bit, please don't send me an angry email. I'm explaining to you why now. That being said, it's going to be about anywhere between 4 and 6% alcohol. It's going to be a pretty hoppy beer. You're going to be looking at it above 25 IBUs, but not all the way up to like 60 or 70 IBUs. Think 20 to 50 IBUs is probably what you're shooting for in an American Pale Ale. You're also going to have a little bit of crystal malt in there. So the SRM is going to be a little bit darker. We're talking classic American Pale Ale here. Obviously, there are different plays on a Pale Ale today. I mean, people make Pale Ales that are hazy like IPAs, so we could go down that road. But the idea here is that a standard Pale Ale, think, is like, think of it as like a low-gravity IPA, right? And so uh, a classic West Coast IPA. So you're going to have maybe a bit of crystal in that base malt, and then you're going to put whatever type of hops you're going to have in it. Classic pale ale hops are going to be things like Cascade or Centennial, and those are, are great hops to use for your first kind of pale ale recipe. Highly recommend using those. But you could also use things that are the new hops like Citra or Galaxy or anything like that. They're all going to work in a pale ale. And you're going to put them in, you're going to have a 60-minute edition. That 60-minute edition is probably going to be anywhere from an ounce to two ounces of hops that you're going to put right into that once you get your mash and your boil up. And then you're going to have probably like a 15-minute edition, a five-minute edition, and, and even probably a dry hop at that point. So the idea is that you're going to put the different stages of hops within it. And a good pale L's pro could have anywhere from two ounces to four ounces of hops in it so that you get the right amount of IBUs and it's going to be hopped throughout the entire process. So when we're, we're creating that recipe, you're going to go into your homebrewing software and you're going to add all of those fermentables, such as your crystal malts to get the right color that you're looking for. And you're going to pick the drop down that's going to have the different styles into it. And you're going to put it on American Pale L. You're going to have a bunch of sliders that are going to kind of click into place. And when they click into place, it's going to show you what numbers to hit in the style. And so as you're playing with the amount of fermentables you put in there, and the reason I'm not giving you amounts here is 
play with your software, you'll see how the sliders move. It actually is more eye opening than me telling you that. And so as you play around with adding things like 10 pounds of base malt, you'll see the numbers as they come and how much ABV it's going to shoot for. And you can adjust accordingly. So it might, you might start with 10 pounds and move it down to nine if it's too high or vice versa. If you want it to be stronger in alcohol, you would add more. And then as you also add your different crystals or caramel malts, you're going to end up with adjusting there. And it's going to adjust things like the SRM. It's also going to add a bit to the fermentability, though they're not as fermentable as your base malts. And then as you add hops to it, you're going to get your IBUs. You're also going to select the yeast you have, and chances are, if you're a beginning home brewer, you're probably still using dry yeast, as we talked about in the last yeast episode. And once you talk about those types of yeast, you're going to go and find the brand of yeast you're going to use, the size of the package you're going to use, and you're going to select it. And then if you have any other ingredients like a Warflock tablet or which is for clarification, or if you're going to have things like Irish moss, or even if you're going to add gelatin to your beer, which is something I do for finding my beers, uh, it's a whole entire episode. But the idea is that if you're going to add those things to your beer, you could do those in your other ingredients. And you're going to also now, after you've entered all of your ingredients in your yeast, your hops and all of your fermentables. And if as long as you've gone already before you've created this recipe and put in your equipment profile, you're now ready to go into your brew day and you have everything that you need. I think that there's going to be another episode where we talk about actually how to build a recipe and maybe some great beginner recipes when it comes to doing your first all grain batch. That's probably an episode coming in the next one or two episodes in the series. But As conclusion, I'd like to say that when we're talking about creating a recipe using homebrewing software, it's it's really easy. It's not something that should overwhelm you, but it is something that I recommend looking at one or two different softwares before you actually commit to one. And that's it for our brewing software beginner series. If you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to me. I'm glad to answer them for you. And I look forward to discussing with you in our next beginner series next week. Well, thanks for sticking around. I really had a good time going through homebrewing software. It is something that I actually kind of like about homebrewing. I love my homebrewing software. That being said, next week, we're going to start talking about going all grain and the different ways to do so. And so building recipes is definitely going to be part of that conversation. You can always find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for us at homebrewing, DIY, all one word. Well, that's it for this week. And we'll talk to you next week on homebrewing, DIY.